Maybe today's the day I break 80 Want the ball to draw, but it keeps on fading No OB and no bogeys I gotta keep it on the 80, it's the gold Would you hit it on one? Straight up the gut, baby Now I got a wedge on my short game cravings Little bit of edge on the sport makes gravy So punch out the rough and tune to break 80 Break 80 Welcome to episode 27 of the Break 80 Podcast, and after a week away, the boys are back together again. Stouds here, joined by Mike and Tim, who just got back from their weekend in Chicago, played some golf, some cool courses, watched some live golf up close and personal, but that was not the highlight. It was the luxurious hotel that put the trip over the top. Welcome back, fellas. Two for two. Uh, I'm two for two on picking the right places to sleep, and uh, Mike would not let me get the uh, single king with the jacuzzi tub. Tim, <laughs> Tim has a definite, uh, a possible future as a slumlord because the two hotels that I stayed with on golf trips with him are in his headband, just complete shitholes, <laughs> just third world countries in there. This one had waffles. So, you know, <laughs> it did a positive note. This one was an upgrade from Wisconsin Rapids, if you can believe it and it, barely, but it was. We're working up. We're working up. Well, I look, I look forward to hear more about the the trip to Chicago. Um, we'll start, you know, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, they, as the mentioned before, they they did go check out Live, so I'm excited to hear about their personal experience with it. We'll get to the Presidents Cup chatter at uh, Quail Hollow coming up this week and get a pulse on that. Um, and then I'd also like to bring in, you know, towards the end too, just a little bit of fall golf in general and how the clock is ticking, boys, and and. Uh, the 2002 golf season coming down to a, to a close. So lots to discuss. Let's start it with Liv. Um, Cam Smith, clearly one of the best players in the entire world. Just won four mil. Um, but that's ironically not really the story. Uh, it's, it's golf, but just louder. And it's about the atmosphere. So is it fabricated? Is it not? Does it push out this facade to give it a false reality? Does that really exist? Is it really this electric? Well, Mike and Tim, you guys went on the mission down there you made your own judgment what did we what are our takeaways what do we come away with uh, tim you can go first with your biased opinion then i'll give the un the, the unbiased pros and cons no 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 not biased at all the place is fantastic i speak the truth i don't have this <laughs> this haze of pga uh jay monahan love over the top of of my eyes no i i thought it was fantastic um I think Mike and I both agreed that it felt when when you really walked in the gates, a little bit of a mix between a typical small league baseball stadium mixed with a rock concert mixed with some golf in the back. Uh, their fan village had a host of different things from uh, a putting competition, a chippy competition to throwing a football to something that Mike really should have participated in from his, his college days, but where you could throw a fast pitch, see how fast you can throw. Uh, ironically, they didn't have a long drive to see how hard you could hit it. I think that would have been a good touch. But um, everything from there to food trucks to excellent, excellent golf going on in the back at a, a course that was particularly fun to watch. Um, okay, this was like a fucking carnival. 
It was like a carnival slash golf tournament. They, there was a there was a clown on stilts walking around. It, <laughs> it was, was wonderful. Like, it was like it was like Barnum and Bailey. <laughs> it was like Barnum and Bailey hosted a golf tournament. We're um, on to something. If you have that so, caddy, you're way down below a hill. You're going to be able to see the pin. They're just going to hold it yeah. up for you. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, there were they did some things well. I thought. Uh, I'm fine with the music. The music, the music, especially around the driving range, was pretty cool. Because you walked in by the uh, driving range, the music, you know, was fine. Um, the food trucks were good. There was a um, large variety, I guess. I don't know what were there. Probably eight, eight different food trucks or something. Yeah, uh, just in that one grouping. I think there was the two or three more down the hill as well. Yeah, and then there was um, uh, what else? Oh, it's the sitting area with the big screen was nice. Um, the beverage prices were a little cheaper than a PGA Tour event. They were they were half off, but they were also small cans. They weren't pounders. They were small. Those get um, warm before you finish them anyway. <laughs> anyway, uh, but there was also a very carnival circus like. Yeah, they had like uh baseball throw throw a speed thing, which was complete bullshit. When we walked out, uh the the winning speed was 121 miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> so just like just like live, there's a lot of manufactured bullshit happening there. Um, like I said, they need to have a long drive so I can get my ball speed up. Um, but here's I think so yeah, those some of those things were really good. They were fine, they didn't bother me. I think what it what it is though is a lot of manufactured hype um propaganda whatever you want to call it you walk in and there's just flags everywhere and the music's bumping uh you know they have the shotgun start where they got the big screens counting down like anybody gives a shit about that um you know and then they play and then after that you're just basically watching golf you know i mean the the crowds were decent around the, the main area. Uh, you know, they, they don't have the kind of crowds like a PGA tour event has, you know, I don't think, um, at least see, I don't see- think that's, that's not necessarily fair though. Well, I can't, I, I, a, the routing's so bad there for, for it, yeah. And I, I, I couldn't find, I was trying to find actual live like attendance numbers and you can't find them anywhere. So I don't know if that is they're hiding how many people are actually there. It's hard to tell because, it looks it looks pretty full probably on the on their broadcast up around 18 but that's where they got that whole village and everything you know 18 and 1 but once you get out there it's really sparse i mean tim and i sat and watched like six groups in a row come through and there was like five people at the screen right there um for a while to tell cam smith and dustin johnson came it, to be fair too we were almost all the way out on an edge at number 9 of the course yeah, kind, kind of yeah it's rather different but you know um yeah, so there was good there was good and bad. Some of the hype stuff's fine. It's it's just a little overproduced. Uh to me, still the the issue they have is the golfers. You know, I I, I would argue that Cam Smith and Dustin Johnson are two of the top ten in the world right now. Dustin Johnson's been playing really well. And Cam Smith has. But other than that, I mean, uh Peter Uline got second. Peter Uline has been trying for a decade to make it on the PGA tour and he cannot stay on the PGA tour. He got second. Um, who else is up here? Phil Mickelson got eighth. Phil has been 
fucking horrible. He played well this weekend. Chase Kepka, who cannot make the PGA Tour. He can't do it. He's tried. Got ninth. Got ninth place. And he's better than his brother right now. His brother, who's supposedly a big draw, is awful. Been terrible. Bryson got 10th and got decapitated by a fucking loose rope. <laughs> I, I, I really <laughs> want to talk about that. Like, and then what a pussy. You know, like <laughs> oh all God. these people who... Uh. Just think about this. You you think these soccer players in Europe flop around? Bryson DeChambeau was on the ground swearing because of a loose rope <laughs> hit him in the face. Come on. No, no, no. no, no. It uh, was not a rope. It was a string. Yeah, basically. You cannot like, call that a rope. He's, so, you know... I. I don't know. I, I just think you're watching golf. You are. And, and and the cool thing about it was we had great spot, like on number nine, uh, the number nine green. I mean, you saw the shots coming in. It was cool. Uh, yeah, I got, there. Uh, I got to talk to Bubba. Yeah, who was an asshole, uh, FYI, to everybody out there. Here's let's, let, me, let me ramble on about that for a second. So Bubba's out there doing, like, the TV, you know, on the Internet thing. He's got the headset on, and he's there. There's, like, nobody there. There's, like, five people. And Bubba's just waiting for a group to come. And Tim goes, you know, hey, Bubba, when are we going to see you out here or something like that? And he says, oh, you know, January or whatever. And then just ignores everybody, everybody else the rest of the time. And I'm thinking. If your whole thing at live is supposed to be different and like, you know, easier, a better fan experience and all this shit they talk about. Why is Bubba not talking to some fans a little bit right there? He's got like 10 minutes. He's just doing nothing. He's just standing there ignoring people. He went on the green and fixed ball marks. Like, like he could have came and talked to people. He didn't like it, it, to me, if you're trying to be different and trying to be unique and, and like this whole fan experience, why would you not say Bubba, go talk to people? Like, why not? Because um, that's, you know, that that's kind of the stuffy facade that the PGA tour has. Like if I try yeah. to talk to this person, they're too cool to respond back to me. A little bit of that is probably Bubba's personality too. I don't know. Yeah, that's more on Bubba because I think Dustin Johnson did a really good job out there. Took time to yeah. do fist bump, yeah. screw people, and traditionally he had never really done that. Yeah, DJ um, but, DJ was pretty good. Um, Cam Smith uh, is pretty is very reserved. Doesn't 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 give an inch to any fans. Really didn't see. I like was too surprised much. by that. You think yeah. kind of a rocker persona? You know the the bright clothes, the you know sinking putts. You yeah. think a guy would want to. The kind of live up to that, the personality. But I think you know, and I, we got a few more stories we got to tell here. But I just think their biggest issue, and if you, I don't, I don't know what what measuring stick you want to use, but they only had like they had less than a hundred thousand viewers on YouTube on Sunday at at their peak. Their peak viewership was a hundred thousand. Wrong. That's a, that's been reported by multiple golf media people. I have that the the views right now are up to five hundred and seventy thousand. Now, after the fact, it's probably on there still. That's the live, best part. You can watch these whenever you want. Live viewership was 97,000 on Sunday. Now, granted, it's NFL on Sunday at its peak, 97,000. That's worldwide. That's not that's on the Internet. That's not that's not American TV. The WNBA gets 500,000 a game. Just as a, just as a reference for you. To be fair, on Sunday, we were playing golf and then driving home. So well, yeah, but but I'm saying they they have a viewership issue right now. They have their 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 viewership for the Chicago event was half of what Boston was, and now they're they're competing now with football. So that's well, what, you know that's and an their issue. other issue is they don't have world golf ranking points. So, I mean, 
Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's so well, we'll get to that in a second. Because that that one kind of bugs me. And uh but the other the other issue I think Tim and I were talking about there is they may and, and again, they're this is their first year, maybe it gets better, I don't know. They just don't have a lot of intriguing golfers. Like they have guys that were intriguing in the you know. 10, 15 years ago, Ian Poulter, Lee Westwood, Sergio, who hasn't had a meaningful win since 2017. I mean, he won Sanderson in 2020. Uh, you know, Charles Schwartzel, whoever, whoever else. You know, Patrick Reed has not played great. He played okay this week. And then with Brooks Kepka not being a good player right now, that hurts him. Bryson played better, but hasn't been very good. Um, you know, I don't know, Paul Casey. Charles Howell the third. They they have a bunch of players are guys who are on the very back end of their careers. Well, and then Bubba coming up too. Like yeah, you know, he he used to be very attractive because of the shots, shapes, and all that stuff. And so oh, weird. Losing. I it's I'm looking at the PGA and guess who got tied for sixth? Who? Ricky Fowler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, there's a guy that hasn't been around in a while. No, I, we'd sure. have to put out a like a wanted ad to get him to come by. But that wasn't that was it that was not even a that was a small event on the tour. That both a lot of players were playing in in Rome at the DP World Tour event because that's the Ryder Cup course. Um, we'll get that we get that later. But yeah, you know I don't know. I, there was there was good things. I I was fine with the fan village. It was a little circusy, but you know it's it's fine. I I don't know how they would do it with more people there, but um, and the music's cool. They just they need be, they need better golfers if they're go, if it's if, if it's going to become a thing, long term they're going to have to get better golfers, because right now they got forty eight and like I would argue, a dozen of them have a chance to win, maybe. True. What get, what's the review on Jason Derulo? We didn't go. We just had to go play what? golf. We just had to go play golf instead. Yeah, uh-huh. wanted to get a, a classic course in there. Um. So a couple, a couple other things before we get to the world golf ranking thing. Um, one, we have established, oh, we lost Jeff here and maybe we'll see if he pops back on. Um, we've established that Tim is the exact same size as Jocko up close and personal. Correct. They're the same size. No more excuses for about size for distance. Well, same no, Jocko same. is Jocko is a full inch taller than me, according to the internet. Yes, I saw Jocko right next to Tim walk by. They are identical size people. Uh, I would say, like I said, then, and I'm sticking to these guns. He can likely touch his toes. The amount of flexibility that man has in his spine would shatter my body. So, uh, very, very different with regards yeah. to to his ability to play than mine. I, uh, big props to Jocko, though. He played the entire round with his shirt untucked. I like it. I'm all about that. Live, live. I'm all about the shorts. Uh, live doing a good thing with with the shorts. Except Matt Wolf should never wear shorts. Matt oh Wolf is out there. Matt Wolf is wearing shorts. He doesn't have calf muscles. So well, no, he does. It's just they're it, like the straight ones that go like down straight from the knee to the ankle. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. It it's very one. It it's just one triangle almost all the way down. It's it's wild how thick his legs are. Yeah, he would be. Uh, he would be better off with the pants. For sure, um, but yeah, and then then we got we got to talk about Bryson in this in this fucking rope. I can't believe I, 
I think that was, was that on our day? Cause he was wearing those stripes. That I same stripe. I, no, I think shirt. it was Sunday. I think it was, okay. I think it was Sunday. Last but, day. But he, he walks into the fucking rope and then he acted like it was the, everybody's walked into a string or something or rope before. It doesn't hurt. It wasn't even tight. Good yeah. God. Yeah. <laughs> In my best effort to break that down, break, break down the, the rope situation. Sorry, guys. My, I mean, no, wait, you're good. We can hear you. I mean, yeah. Okay. In my There's best effort to break break that situation down. When I think about psychology and like how much of an ego he has to be able to not just like brush off a rope hitting, like a string hitting him, and just be like, okay, yeah. So I didn't bend down far enough. He has to actually go into this whole acting situation as his eye got hurt and. We know what that did not happen. And he's just got this huge ego in the fact that he had to make a big deal out of it just because he didn't bend down four more inches, you know, to get under the rope. It's just this big deal. And you can see there's a weird side to him. Like he literally was so pissed because of that small little thing. How could you ever date the man? How could you ever be his friend if he just turns on you like that? I mean, the, him snatching that freaking towel from his caddy was so ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, there's a, well, yes, that it is. I don't even know what to say about that. But another thing about, about this is there's a little bit of like a NASCAR atmosphere out there. Tim, remember, remember those guys were talking to Patrick Reed and Patrick Reed had on all black and they're, oh, yeah. they're just yelling at him. All black isn't as slimming as it looks, Patrick. And, and there's, and there was a guy next to us out there when we were standing watching that had the, the big mullet and a low jack on his ankle but he made it. But he made it oh out to live. But he made it to live. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, it, it, it had... fans. I... The other thing that really summed it up too was them giving free mullet haircuts. Yeah, that was kind. Of, I mean, that's cool. What, what, I, I, what, I thought that was ingenious. They're donating a thousand dollars if you have obviously the right kind of hair to do it. Uh, if you go to a live event right now, they're donating a thousand dollars if you get a cut into a Camp Smith mullet. I just find are. like any charity to do with with that who they're just absolutely chucking money everywhere. The fact that they need to oh, raise yeah. money, I, I don't get that. Like, why are we raising money when they just give money anybody they want? Well, they're not. We're not giving it to the Saudis. We're not. We're not the royal family over in England where we just have to throw money at the problem. Well, why not um, give any money? They just ask the Saudis. They're giving it to Steve Harvey. No. Yeah, they are. <laughs> the Saudis are giving it to the the charity. Steve Harvey was the big celebrity walking around out there. They couldn't get Oprah. I mean, it was kind of, it's kind of like it, here's this is a good synopsis of live right now. And and again, again, the, next year probably even gets better. They couldn't get Oprah in Chicago, so they had to go get Steve Harvey. They couldn't get Michael Jordan, so of course they had Scottie Pippen there. They had they they had the side they had the second tier guy. You know, uh, I don't know. They're they're modernizing Mike. They oh, had they had, oh. they had President Trump and not Obama. Right. And and then they got Steve Harvey because he's more relevant now than Oprah is. <laughs> All um, right. The likely I mean, they're bringing in artists like Jason Derulo. Again, right? who hasn't been heard of in 10 years. Oh, come on. <laughs> he's new and hip to me. Yeah. Well, yeah. But you listen to Nickelback and Creed all car And conspiracy theory podcasts. We're very well versed on the Princess Diana murder, possibly. 
<laughs> I had to incorporate that joke into the show in some way after I made you listen to it for an hour and a half. But yeah, you know, I mean, I think we, so we ran into Gary Van Sickle, the sports writer for Sports Illustrated for all those years. He's on Twitter and stuff too, in the parking lot. He agreed to come on the podcast at some point in time. Um, and he, he kind of summed it up like, kind of like we did. You know, at the end of the day, you're watching golf. You're out there watching golf. You know, it's just a little bit different and, and whatever. It's all kind of, I don't know, I guess it depends on what you want. I just, to me, they're going to have to get better players to be viable. They're just, like, you can't sustain yourself trying to be this great tour with Wayne Ormsby and all these guys that nobody's ever heard of or, or likes or wants to watch anymore. No one gives a shit about Ian Poulter anymore. It's not Ryder Cup 2008. Like, nobody cares. Uh, so about some of those guys, like I was thinking That's about the guy that. I thought it was going to be a lot friendlier was Ian Poulter, just yeah, with his his personality and um, both we saw it out there, not not personable, not talking not to anyone. Uh, nope. And then the what the country club adjacent guy that played with him said kind of the same thing. It took a long time for Ian to warm up, so it's unfortunate. I think so... on your way out be as personable as possible. We we brought so Jeff brought up the world golf ranking points system thing and i guess and i've been looking at this more and what bugs me about it the most is they knew what the rules are for the world golf ranking system and they chose they made a choice to do something different and now they're bitching and moaning about not getting world golf ranking points the rules have been set there for a long time you have to have a 72 hole event um you have to have some sort of developmental tour. You, what else? I'm reading them right here. You have to have some sort of qualifying schools to try to get on it. You have to have a field of at least an average of 75 golfers. You have to have a 36 hole cut. Um, and there's a couple others, but those are the main ones. And there's a ton of tours. There's a ton of tours on earth that do all those things. They, they could, if they're so concerned with world golf ranking points, there's a simple fix here. Just fucking follow the rules. It's not complicated. Have a 72-hole tournament. Have a cut. Have a some sort of feeder system. You know, what? whatever. I don't understand why they're trying to sue. They want to sue about all this stuff. And maybe they'll win. I don't know. It just seems like the simpler route would be just to follow the rules. Like, you, you know, when it comes to that, like anything in life, like when you take a risk, you know, you know what you're getting into. You should know ahead of time what some of the consequences would be. Like they, they knew the money that they were going to be receiving, hoping in hopes, not hundred percent knowing, in hopes that someday this will have world ranking points. And they knew that. They took the jump, knowing that they're going to be paid very well. They'll be, you know, paid well for their services, which is, you know, a very big plus, a very big plus. But at the bottom line is. They knew that World Golf ranking points was going to be hard. There's going to have to be something that happens there for them to get it. So, like, when they do it and they're, like, already, like, what are they, four events in, already talking about World Golf ranking points? It's like, sorry, guys, but, like, Mike listed all those things. There was at least eight of them that they don't make the cut on. Yeah. I mean, I I totally get it if you're Lee Westwood, Ian Poulter, Schwartzel, Sergio, Henrik Stenson, you know, like Henrik Stenson won a live event. He hadn't, he hadn't sniffed winning a tour event 
he probably hadn't won since he won the Open, whenever that was years ago. So those guys that are on the back end of their career, it gives them, it's a bunch of money, money grab, gives them a chance to compete still. Um, I, I just, yeah, the other thing, you know, let's let's say they get world ranking points. And now uh, live as a is an official world rank thing. How do you how do you quantify? There's no cut. No, you know how do you figure the level of play? Let's say only let's say, forty-eight let's say, people. Let's say they let's say they don't you know they, they don't play as much. So the so the golf isn't as good because they're not playing as much. But yet they're still winning a live event. Maybe how do you without any cut or any of that stuff? How do you quantify? I I, I just don't. I, I don't get it. Mike, you're such a big a Europe a fan of European politics and uh <laughs> and you can't get behind less less work, working less <laughs> less hours. I, I'm I would I would be fine with less tournaments. That's 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 fine. If it like I said, if they if Liv said we're gonna do seventy two hole cut events, you know, whatever, fine. I, I guess I my biggest gripe is just I hate seeing a watered down product. It's just taking a, it's just taking Cam Smith and Dustin Johnson and a couple other guys that can compete still off the PGA Tour, which sucks. Uh, but the other thing that's funny is uh, Kyle Porter, who's a who's a big golf reporter, said based on the Live letter, it seems that Live believes that it's the players and not the structure of the league that should engender world golf ranking points. In which case, you could argue the seminal member pro am would be like the seventh highest rated event of the year. That would be no different than Live, basically. Other than not playing for money, but they're playing for, you know, probably business connections and shit. But that's got every good player in the world plays in that seminal member gas. It's better than most tour events and live events. So well, I don't know. What's your, uh, what's your favorite amateur professional or professional amateur? What's well, he ranked? Stewart. Stewart. I don't Stewart. know. He just, shot, he just shot 59 at LACC. He's been playing golf straight for about four months now, hasn't he? I don't, I don't even know when he works. God. Me he's too, buddy. Every, Me too. He's in every he's in every single amateur event all over the country. Uh yeah, but I, I would imagine that he gets he gets some aspect of some points. Yeah, he's an amateur. He's in he's the world amateur rankings, not pro. Um, and I think you can definitely argue the the live event, for instance, had a much stronger field than the Fortinet. I'm sure we're gonna get into it with the fireworks and, um, and all, but I think you know, here's my go ahead, Jeff. I I mean just from you know watching a little bit of both this weekend I I would agree like Liv is in a situation where they have a kind of a top couple heavy yeah they're top they've got heavy. a very 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 bad bad bottom and they've got a washed out middle they do so it's about they've right. got you know and they've got you know whereas whereas the PGA Tour probably has you know could without knowing it have some of these up and coming players that all of a sudden a year or two down the road we're in Fortinet that are now winning PGA tournaments, you know, looking to try to get majors, which we don't quite know yet. And so there's that one difference when you only have 48 players and you kind of know already what you got. When you go to a Fortinet tournament, you, you, of course, you're going to get players. You don't know who they are yet, but who knows down the line, you could be corn flare players like Scotty Scheffler once was and, and so forth and so forth that that actually, you know, propels them on to be much better, better golfer. So there's that weird Yes, I agree. Cam Smith is the best player, hands down, of all those people, and, and he played anything. I mean, he's probably, I mean, playing better than Scotty Scheffler right now. Yeah, I mean, he he's is. just he's playing mm -hmm. unbelievable golf. So I would argue, I would argue that Liv has a couple tiers. They have a top three: Cam, Dustin Johnson, and Jocko. Are three? Yeah, they're three best players. Oh, Gooch. No, 
not better than Jocko Neiman. They, they are those, they're the three best players, you know, Neiman would have played in the president's cup if he would have and cam would have, you know, if he would have been eligible, then you're right. I mean, Gooch, Gooch has actually played a little poorly lately. Then they have this, like, it's a, it's a weird mix of washed out players. You got the old guys that are damn near ready for the champions tour. You know, your Westwoods, your Poulters, your Stenses. But then you got guys like Bryson who played better in Chicago, Bryson and Brooks who aren't the Bryson and Brooks. You remember from a couple of years ago, they're not playing anywhere near it. I don't even know what what did Brooks shoot. I don't even look. He was, I don't even know. He's been non-existent since he went to live. Yeah, he's been non-existent. Wait, was it since he went to live or since he got a little bit more serious with Jenna Sims? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe you know when they get uh, more serious than Jenna Sims, I just feel like you know priorities change a little bit. And the crazy, well, thing and then about- you can't. You got you, you got to throw out uh, Patrick Reed too. He's he's part of that too. He's obviously played some really good golf. He's, he's probably not past his prime. I mean way past his prime he can still find something you know he's still only what he's kind of like the speethish age isn't he yeah he could still find it kepka shot two unders he was 22nd so but like um a banter hasn't done much on live on live um but like they just have you're right there are so many guys in a pga tour field that could be the next cam young or or Will Zalatoris. But you look at some of these guys in the uh, live, you know, like James Piot is playing live every week. He is yet to break 70 as a professional. Hasn't done it once. And he's in there. He is in their top 48. That's ridiculous. Ridiculous. If you're calling yourself this great tour and you have a guy who has not broke 70 yet. That's fucking ridiculous. That's just crazy to me. Um, who else is they on this the, list? They got the they got the Puig guy recently um, from yep. Arizona State and yep. the dude from Oklahoma State. So they're trying. I mean, they, they are they they're are. They're getting like, some guys. The Eugen- Eugenio, uh, we saw Tim and I saw him with all the clothes, <laughs> and he still had his or Oklahoma State stuff, like his bag and everything. All um, just decked out in white, black, and, and orange. But, uh, he was there, but some of their big timers, like Kevin Na, hasn't done much since he went there. Um, Carlos Ortiz hasn't done much. Some of the guys they thought were going to be these big headliners really haven't. And the worst one, the worst one, Mark Leishman, who was one of their huge gets, got dead last in Chicago, 48th. He was six over. See, I thought that was great grass. I thought he would have been all about it. Yeah, I don't know. It just, yeah, you know, so yeah, I think uh, Tim and I were in. We differed on some things, but I think for the most part, we thought yeah, some of the stuff was kind of fun. You know, it's different. You know, at the end of the day, golf is golf. They just need better players at bottom line. They just need like at least, you know, like with the PGA Tour with some of the young up and comers that they sometimes get, you get some excitement and guys that can shoot a really low score. I just don't know if Liv, like a lot of those guys have the ability to shoot really low scores other than Dustin Johnson. And there's, there's only a handful of guys that can to me out there. I don't know. Well, even DJ, you know, he went hot one round, and then what was he after? What did he what did he finish at? He was nine under the first round. What was his under par? He finish? finished at ten under. So he went one under in three rounds. So I mean, you know, the the thing is, is you know, golf is entertaining. That's that's what it should be, and entertainment can come in a variety of ways. And and Liv is finding one way to entertain, um, and and that's fine. And and PGA has their way of entertaining, which is typically 
going for that that win and and you know upholding all the history of of what golf is and, and live is going down a different path which is new and it can be hard to get used to and adjust to but with that all being said you know live is trying to do something that's really not fitting the guidelines of what um the best players in the world need to do to uphold to be the best players in the world they're just not doing those things so unfortunately for them they're going to get paid a shit ton of money unfortunately for them it's not going to align with kind of golf in general how it's always been so they're going to have to break through uh you know another threshold to to get maybe looked at for for world golf rankings and if they don't i don't know what what do you think they'll do i mean i i don't if they never get world golf ranking points are they just say peace out i'm not i don't care yeah i don't know yeah if you get enough of the good players that are coming off of great college careers to move over there to water the tour down so much to say you know what yeah you can have your ranking points we'll take the viewership and money i think that that's I mean, that's likely where it will go i don't that's i don't I think, think they're going to move to a 72 hole event i think uh adam scott today at the press conference of the president's cup was was really um i don't know what the word would be savvy wise just kind of an old sage about it he you know, some of those guys are really just just shut it down right away. But he was pretty open about some of the good things he liked about live, the schedule and stuff like that. But he said he's not ready to give up competing is basically what he said. And he said live is not competing. You know, he wants to still try to strive to, to win majors and things like that. If they're not able to get world golf ranking points, most of those guys, other than a few that have exemptions, you know, Cam Smith and DJ will not play in majors unless they can make their way through, you know, local and sectional qualifying for a U.S. Open and the Open. You know, the only, those are the, and they would not even get into the Masters because you have to be top 50 in the world um, or or the PGA for that matter, probably. So they would be down to having a chance to play two majors, but you would have to qualify, get all the way through because you wouldn't have world ranking points enough to get in. I would have to think there's enough young players that want to win majors. Maybe not, maybe, you know, whatever. Money is money, I get it, but. Um, there are, there are, I think, four guys, five guys with green jackets, correct? Sergio, Baba, Phil, um, Reed. Patrick Reed, and DJ. Right? Is there any yes. more than that? Um, Will, no, Will it's in the other tour still. No. So that's five. So it would be interesting to see what they do with those five. Are they gonna, you know, in theory, I, I think they should still. They got a green jacket. I think they should be able to play. I mean, yeah, but, I'm okay but with the that. Masters make make the rules, so I guess I can't. Yep, that's an invitational. They don't, the Masters is not the, you know, that's a whole other ball of wax because that's an invitational. They can invite whoever the hell they want. So. Exactly. So that'll be interesting to see how they handle that. Well, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I don't know. It was it was different. It's it was unique. They, you know, it was fine. I think I think I figured out now when you brought up when you brought up DJ and you know how he struggled the last two days. That's why Paulina bumped into me in the merch tent, Tim. Oh, oh yeah. Talk to she me. Knew, she knew. Talk she knew, to me. She knew I was about to go shoot even par barefoot at Downers Grove that evening. Some <laughs> <laughs> real man's golf. Her daddy didn't. Her daddy didn't even do that in the last three months. Yeah, Paulina was in the merch tent with everybody, everybody just walking around in like some skin tight dress. Of course. <laughs> See that just that would not happen at the tour. They would be sanctioned <laughs> off. They wouldn't be the celebrities of the people that they need to be. Um, also, great great seats on eighteen instead of giving them up for some sort of um, corporate box or uh, the the announcer tent, they designate a huge swath of stands with tables. 
open to the public. So first yep. come first nope. serve. That was good. At, at, yeah. At the three M you couldn't get within 200 yards of either 17 or 18 green, unless you were really forking out some cash. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and be overly critical of everything. They, they did some good things. I just think the golf wise, they need better I, I, golfers. And I, and, and I don't, I just don't understand if you are so concerned now, I, I think, I think they thought that the, that the, the establishment and the world golf rankings was going to fold up and just let them, let them be a part of it. And, the, and, and they called their bluff. And now they're backtracking saying, you know, we're going to do this, do that when they could have just set it up properly the first time and been and had no issues. Yeah. I don't know. You know, I guess the one more thing and I'll say, I know we'll kind of wrap this up here, but I, I think the one thing I will also credit live to is they're just not afraid to try something, you know, they're not afraid to, you know, just because the season started, doesn't mean we have to keep these rules the rest of the year. Like they just, randomly the second round said you know what guys you can wear shorts now yeah well they don't they're not so like proper where they can't like deviate from something because that's just kind of what you know they're gonna try and you know that's part of what they're also that's a strategic move by them they're trying everything they can to not be the tour so they're gonna try to do things that you know are against the tour they're gonna make sure the caddies are well kept you know they're gonna do the exact opposite of what you know the facade of of caddies are they're gonna try those tactics to uh to uh, reach the reach the people so sure and, and the bots are doing really well on inter- on the internet too of of making sure of spreading all those things that that live is doing see i think i think live is trying to make it feel more like your typical saturday round they've got cart girls for god's sakes yeah that was they cool. drive around that's right, cool right, cart driving around. that was great oh fantastic they've got the music going i saw more cigars and cigarettes in a group of, of golf patrons than i ever have but yet, um, but yet the players aren't bought into that because the players were as were as uptight as ever. They didn't they didn't well, interact with pa- with fans at all hardly. Well, DJ is, did fist bump that guy with the ankle monitor. So, <laughs> but that's one that's one form of golf, right? That is one form of golf: loud, crazy, fun, shot. But that's there's also this other part of golf where it's trying to win. You know you know, quiet, please, you know, like trying, you know, there's concentration going on. So there, there's these, you know, the further they go that way, the further away they go from this one and then divide divisions just going to continue. Yeah. So it's just going to be you know, a, a never ending battle. Yeah. I would, I would say, I would but say we're playing that way, Jeff. That's when we show yeah. up and play, we've got I would the music say, going. Yeah. We also don't get paid to play. I would say I get paid $20 every time. No, that's I would, not true. That's not I would true. say, I would say, you know what, to end the discussion is I wouldn't necessarily give up on the fact that they're, that they're going to be dead in the water because they have proven, like I said, to be very agile. After the first event, the shotgun start was flawed because they didn't have their best players in the same pairing. They changed it. They just went and changed it. So, you know, whatever, they'll figure it out. Well, as we transition out of live, let's discuss a little of the, the PGA tour that unfolded on Sunday, I mean, had to be one of the unlikeliest of finishes that you could have ever drawn up. Um, Max Homa repeats at the Fortnite Championship, and how he did it would have been um, would be considered probably one of the unlikeliest in, in Vegas to uh, to have accomplished it when he was hitting his what was it his fourth shot off the green. Will have had his third shot four feet from the hole, so. Interesting how it finished up and, and the, the drama and fall. I feel bad for Danny Willett. Uh, I will say that. Uh, the dude stuffs one. 
Um, I have this thing where I like to put myself in Danny Willett's shoes, okay? So Max Homa holds out for birdie, okay? Um, Danny Willett, video shows him basically shaking his head. I'm thinking right now that Danny Willett, in his mind, is saying, all right, well, I didn't expect that because, first of all, we know as a golfer you got to expect, expect the unexpected. you got to expect him to make a 25-footer for par, okay? I don't ever expect that. Yep. So, unfortunately, it kills me when he does it. <laughs> But anyways, you know, he go he steps over that ball and he thinks in his head, this is a must make. You know, I have to win. You know, no, and, and that's the way he has to think. He cannot think I, I have to, I, I can two putt this and still he's gotta go for the win. And unfortunately for him, he ended up further outside the hole than he did. Just kind of shoved it, um, and then misses the next putt and uh there you have it. So Max Homer repeats, he's playing some great golf. Excited to watch him this week um at the President's Cup. Um Anything else from there that you guys take away from the Fortnite? I believe on the No Laying Up podcast, they asked Max Homa, you know, what are the odds of that happening? How it all played out? And he said, you could do it a billion times and it probably wouldn't play out that way. Uh, you know, with Willett missing and him making that that uh, putt. But uh, Max Homa has won four times in 41 events now, which is one of the highest win percentages on tour. You know, 10% is pretty good. It's up there with Rory. Um he did tie Ricky Fowler for career wins already. Uh, Ricky Fowler, who did play well, you know, he did played well. Uh, T10, and this very, is very, very, very strong field over there at the Fortinet. Hey, well, it's, it's there, not how many because people they were in, in it, Timmy? How many people are in the field? Let's let's start with that. Not forty-eight. It was a full field. That's a lot of people. But that's I, what he's saying. Hey, Jason Day's not even making cuts. So I think you know. That, that brings up a good point. I think having a full field gives – there's a higher percent chance there's going to be drama with a full field because yeah. you have more players who could possibly shoot close to the same scores to finish. You know, where Liv has Cam Smith just kind of running away with it at the end because there's only 48 guys that are – you know, you never – if you have more guys, you have a, a higher potential for, you know, two guys playing really well or whatever. But – um Anyway, Max Homa in 2017 missed 15 of 17 cuts out there. And now he's up to, I think he's up to 16th in the world rankings. Is that what it was, Tim, when I looked in the car the other day? Yeah, he moved from something like 22nd to 16th. Yeah, this was, yeah and he's a great ball striker. So, you know, I think he is, he's, you know, he's like, he's like a lot of those guys, wants to be number one in the world. He's a pretty hard worker from what it sounds like. Just want to point out a few names that did not make the cut at this event that have, you know, played what I would think would be considered pretty good golf at some point along the line. So here's some guys. Um, uh, where is it? Davis Riley's played really good golf this year. He'd be considered one of the younger, better players, correct? Yeah, he was. He would have been yeah. in running for rookie of the year, first half of the year. Okay. Our boy Callum Tarum doesn't make yep. the cut. Garrick Higo went on a heater at the DP Tour at some point mm -hmm. a year ago, did he not? Yep. Yeah, I won a few times, yep. Okay. Um Justin Suh is a name to watch. He yep. is a very, very good young player that could do. Um, Cameron Champ did not make the cut. Jason Day did not make the cut. Um, Joel Damon did not make the cut. So, you know, when you talk about a, a weak field, there's some really good players that didn't even make the cut at this event. That shows you that even though, yes, it's not a, a field that is a major, you know, major field. But at the same time, you still got to play well. You can't just show up and, and 
and get W's and make cuts. You got to actually Ooh. golf your ball. Unless you're Pat oh, Perez. I agree with Unless you, Mike. You're, you're onto something here. More what? players equals more possibilities at the top, regardless of field of strength or strength of field. I mean, Corey, Connors, mi- Corey Connors missed the cut. He's well, playing. Yeah, more, Davis more. missed the cut. Well, they probably wanted to get to President's Cup. They probably did it on purpose, I'm guessing. Yeah, but right. No, Webb Simpson play- missed the cut. More players, more players elevates the chances of having two guys, you know, play really well. Um, the you know, um, you know who did make the cut and made seven hundred fifty thousand again was Pat Perez, <laughs> just riding the coattails of, of those oh, other man. guys. <laughs> you know, I find it, not to get political, but I just find it funny that all these people are just like, well, yeah, Pat Perez, he, you know, makes, but you know, they they're they're the, also the same people that are you know capitalism and you know, riding coattails of other people and he's not really working to earn his own money. It's like DJ's doing everything for him. And, you know, it's like, that's the same people that believe in that. So I just find that awkward. Like Hank Haney, he's a big, oh, look at Pat Perez, but Liv is awesome. But on the other side, he's way on the other side politically. It's like, doesn't align with what he's saying. It's kind of hypocritical in my opinion. Pat Perez got picked up by a great team, had a great contract. That's all that all that happens. It's like uh, riding the old Babe Ruth Yankees to your uh, your championship ring. Sometimes you got to <laughs> sit on the bench a little bit. That's a, but that's another thing about live that that intrigue. You know, all the stuff. Sur- I've said this before in this podcast. All the stuff surrounding it are way more intriguing than the actual golf product right now. And like, what happens if they get better players? How long can fucking Pat Perez hang on here <laughs> with the four aces? I mean. Like it, it, it makes, I would love to see like other contract specifics for some of these guys. Like they get to be in there no matter what, like, like Chase Kepka. I, I know he's got ninth in Chicago. Good for Chase Kepka, but I'm assuming the only reason he's out there is because of his brother. Like I, I just don't understand, you know, they booted out Ogletree after his 82 at Centurion or whatever the first time. Does he ever, how does that all work out? I don't, you got some guys there that have no business being there if they get some new players. I don't I don't know who gets booted, how it all works. I, I do think not to get back on live, the team, the team aspect does intrigue me. Did you find yourself watching the uh team? A little so bit. Yeah, we were looking at team scores a little bit here and there. Yeah, it's it's all there by each other. So it, it, one runs and then the other runs and Yeah, I think they they need to do it needs to be different though. It's it's I don't know how that you know, it's just like it's the draft wasn't a real draft. It was all staged and I don't know. Cuz right now you have the four aces have won four times in a row. There's a couple of teams there that are fucking awful. They have no chance week to week of winning. There's zero. The one team is horrible. So I, I don't know. So it doesn't even make any sense to have a team trophy thing because only one team can win. It's it's like the Harlem Globetrotters against the Generals, the Washington <laughs> yeah, Generals, okay. every single damn tournament. Mike, needless to say, I don't think Mike bought any merch. The, <laughs> I didn't buy any, but, like, but I again, I don't think he bought anything. But again, I'm I'm not completely anti it. After going, there were some good things. There were some things that were right, intriguing. Okay. Well, we got some perspective there. But well, in anyway, anyway, they up. should move it out to four four people, four people per group, um, and then you can go to all eighteen holes to really fill in all of all the groups and get seventy two players out there and get a lot more numbers involved. Someone will get to the top with Cam. Well, and that's the thing, Dustin. you know, if they're going to be the, and again, we're on live again. I'm not sure how that keeps happening. Credit <laughs> to them because they make you talk about it, but you know, if they are this 
you know, going to be able to switch on a dime. Maybe they just decide, you know, let's go to 75. Is that going to make it happy? Is that going to make the cut of what, you know, maybe they get off the shotgun starts and they start doing, you know, still do the music stuff and, and all the stuff that they like to do with it, but all of a sudden try to come back to the median a little bit to, to get those golf ranking points. We'll see if they have the, if they want to um, switch it up and have the balls to do it. So I don't know. Anyways, you know, let's get off of golf that matters and doesn't matter whatever you want to say. I want to know about your guys's Chicago golf. The boys played a little golf in Chicago. The boys played a little, played a little mm-hmm. white ball out there. Play a little yeah, golf. Um, kind of want to hear. I've never really golfed in the Chicago area, so I know you guys, you know, found a few spots to play. And uh, we uh, we got in the nine at Downers Grove, which is the original site of the Chicago Golf Club before they moved it to its current site. So back in the day, it was the first 18-hole golf course in America. And now it's down to nine. Uh, we, we played that. I played barefoot. Um, step Sidestepping a lot of goose shit. But yeah, yeah. there's a lot of geese out there. But it, it's a C.B. McDonald course, which you don't see a lot of C.B. McDonald's, you know, public. It's a nine-holer. So you had some of the templates, some of the greens and stuff were, were pretty decent. You know, pretty basic. I don't know. Um, Tim got his first C.B. McDonald round in, I think, there. It was, yeah. It was everything I expected. Um, no, but they certainly still had some remnants of those greens. And they said that not many of those holes have been changed from their original routing or had a lot been kind of moved around a little bit. Uh, a little bit. But I think the greens were decently um, yeah. original. Um, the one had the squared off fringe and everything. Love it. Love to see it. Um, you know, Tim and I should have brought the vintage clubs for that round, probably. The hickories and the like, vintage set. Again, they're really missing the mark by not having... Just a couple of rentals. They should, they should be renting it. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, or the merchandise. Very, very poor. Um, yeah, the merchandise was not good. Not, not a very good or a well kept history. I, it, very limited articles yeah. and photographs of what was the old course. But if you're a if you're a uh, golf history fan or architecture fan, you you know you can go play for twenty seven bucks or whatever it was. Yep. I, f- I feel like I- I've played it before. It's my second time playing it. And I think the last time I played it years back, it was like $12. Um, But yeah. And then we played uh, Harborside shrink International. The game, shrink, the g- shrink the game. Shrink the game. I know, right? How did inflation get to golf <laughs> that hard? That's like over 200%. Shrink That's the crazy. game. That's the only CPI I care about. Uh, Let's see. We went to Harborside International. Pleasantly fun golf course. Very good. Very good. I thought, uh, you know, I had heard uh, from various people that you get the views of of the city, which weren't the greatest, I didn't think, compared to what some of the photos on the internet look like. But uh, the the golf course was very average, but I thought it was fun. It was a really fun golf course. Yeah, very much a link style. Uh, We didn't see a single tree. And for those that are worried, maybe trees will come up absolutely impossible it was a former garbage dump so yeah it does have a a certain smell okay. to it on a couple holes a little bit a <laughs> little bit a little I'm bit like shit on this whole tim <laughs> I, I have i haven't i haven't posted a lot of pictures or videos yet. i'll have to do that but it's got a very industrial feel because a lot of holes you're looking straight at like the shipping canals and like the uh all the fucking uh we figured out why my game like was crash at the end we must have been really close to like the high point of the dump the sacred spot uh 
Gosh, we got because uh, of what's under that soil. Uh, there's no possibility of, of trees ever growing there, so it will continue to be this very very open like style golf yeah, course. It was it was good though. I liked it. We got uh, Calumet Country Club in, which is the uh, a Donald Ross from 1901, which means it's one it's it's got to be Tim one of the top five earliest Ross courses. It was 1901. It's, yeah, that was I was shocked by what that clock said. You almost have to think he did a redesign because I was sure things like Pinehurst. We're, we're before it. And that was a great value. It was like 30 bucks for the cart. <laughs> and uh, for an 18 hole, Donald Ross at one point in time had been a pretty fancy country club in 1945. Byron Nelson won one of his 11 straight wins there. Um, but it has fallen into disrepair. You know, the bunkers had weeds growing in it and everything. Um, we'll talk about Tim's bunker adventures here <laughs> in a second. <laughs> I gotta count. I gotta count them up real quick. But Tim, uh, Tim got another top hundred public office list as we went to Cog Hill Dubs Dread. Nice, Tim. Your thoughts? Uh, I was gonna look up and see how many bunkers I hit at that course. Well, this, let's just let's just put a rough estimate. I think I hit eight. Let's just put a rough estimate at yeah, about seventy five percent of bunkers in Chicago. You hit about 75% yes. of the buckers in town. <laughs> like all the pins were just tucked in ridiculous spots, and I'm a sucker. So, of course, <laughs> that, I'm going to go for them. That is not a joke either. There, I cannot tell you, listeners, how many times I, I looked at Tim and I said, has there been a fucking pin in the middle of a green in Chicago? Like every single pin was on a was on a corner. It was ridiculous. It was it just – and it added to COG. I think it really did a wonderful job there in, in making – the tiger proof course feel a little bit more tiger proofed. I yeah. did go back and I watched his 2009 victory there. And we had the Friday pins from what I could tell very, very close to some of the Friday pins for the event is a lot of the pins that we saw. What, what yard did you guys play that course from tips? No, 71 40 or something like that. Yep. Yeah, the tips are like seventy six hundred almost. Yeah, that's aggressive. Any uh, any birdies know. at Cog? Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, yeah had, uh, I had I had I had one on seventeen. Nice. I, I, had few, I had a few. I can't oh, remember. Yeah, I can't remember five. which holes. So uh, if if anybody on Instagram looked, at, well, it'll probably be yesterday since the, since uh, this is coming out. Uh, Tim posted and and I reposted one of. A, a little video I made of uh, Loki and 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 the Hulk <laughs> and Loki talking shit, and then the Hulk just grabbing him and just beating the hell out of him. Because through ten holes, we were all square at Cog, yep. and and Tim was talking a whole bunch of shit. And then I I think I won four holes in a row or something like that after that. Wait, hold on. let's let's go back to number nine though, because did we tie on that hole where we couldn't find your ball after it went careening off a tree with a punch? Oh, shot? controversy, classic. Uh, we did tie, <laughs> we did tie, but that was an agreed upon, agreed upon because we didn't want to hold up. We were we were already fighting daylight and uh, looking for my golf ball, so I dropped it. It's not like I dropped it in a great spot. I dropped it two hundred and like. I dropped it 220 yards away on the opposite side of a, the opposite fairway. Mike, I have a question. Yeah. Did you exceed your three-minute search on this? No, ball? I didn't even I didn't even hardly try to look for it. You we probably had, said it wasn't he wasn't currently searching because I was still in the cart. 
So we were, oh, yeah, yeah. We you, you were quite to Tim's ball. You were at a different no, ball. No, no, no. Here's, what, here's, here's <laughs> what happened. Here's what happened. So, okay. Hole number nine at Cog is ridiculously tight. tight oh, it's five. so tight. It's, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Silly. And I hit a, I hit a, Tim hit a good tee shot. And I hit one into the right kind of trees. And, of course, I tried to pull off the miracle fucking hook around some trees and almost did, but it just caromed off a tree, just hardcore. And we, we thought it went across the other fairway on hole 10. So we go over there, and, of course, the other slow-ass group that's like two groups in front of us is sitting there, and we're waiting for them to hit. And I don't want to go search around when they're fucking all over there. And then, See, of this course, is, this is why I want to shrink the game. And then, Not of course, saying that those guys shouldn't play golf. Oh, my God. They held the whole course up with borrowed core, uh, uh, borrowed clubs uh, without polo shirts, with athletic shorts and no golf swing. <laughs> I mean, that and is. Then, so by the time they had already hit or uh-huh. and, I, and I could actually look for my golf ball over there, the group in front of us is on the tee box. So I'm like, fuck it. Just drop one. Let's go. It didn't matter because Tim got rolled in the back nine. But anyway, uh, <laughs> and, and and I want just to be fair here. He also refused to hit hit it out of a divot in the fairway, which. <laughs> <laughs> I'm which not Tiger Woods. <laughs> which uh-huh. I said, fine, I don't give a shit. But uh yeah, whole nine at Coghill. Okay. It's one of the tighter golf holes you will play. The whole way is just tree lined. Timmy, what is uh, what's that it ranked? so well too? What's, what's it ranked? That? What is Cog ranked? Uh, it's got to be in the seventies, I believe. I'll okay. uh, I'll find that for us. Does, it, does it fit? Does it fit its ranking? What do you think? Yeah, I mean the hole designs were we agreed upon this kind of classic country club flowing in between trees. Uh, very a- very elevated greens and multiple bunkers great there had bunker, to be great bunkering out there at, at least three bunkers on every single green it felt like okay um the average is probably like four to five where every single corner is covered yeah it's so got, very it's got very tight very like old school country club feel to it even though it's not that old like the 60s um okay. yeah um, they, t- they tiger proofed it because tiger's got the course record shot 62 tiger won five times there so what is the price to play there so we played it for 128 130 i believe with the card. and that included range balls it included the oh. card and their twilight started at 230 so i think we were the first twilight group out and we, and, and we, and we played 180 and we played 18 in absolute darkness because of the slowness of the of the groups in front of us oh my god it was so oh. bad but what else okay. did they oh they had a great hot dog Great hot dog and reasonable beverage prices out there. Super reasonable. Four dollar, five dollar hot dog and four or five dollar beers. Yep. Okay. And a great and a great pro shop full of merch. Tim okay. Bodner, Tim Bodner like, stuffed animal. I do like yep. the picture, I, not the cog, you know, the cog, whatever letters on there. You guys that's a pretty good sweet picture you guys got there. Yeah. Yeah, we got a good group photo. I did buy another Turbis Tumblr. Um, and for the listeners always interested about my collection. I also got one from Northland that I played the following Monday. So in that week's time, I played two Donald Rosses, a CB Mac, a Dick Nugent, and a Dick someone else, right? Wilson. Mike Wilson. Dick yeah, Wilson. We played yep. this, in Chicago, we played uh, a Ross and a McDonald and two Dicks. Nice. So, you know. <laughs> sounds just, it sounds just like you guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Tim, Tim, do you want to tell listeners your match play record in Chicago? You know, it, it. I even brought up my handicap. I said, Mike, I'm a 
And uh, he's over there just feeding old scorecards from God knows when into the gin system to All try right. to get his bump to up more. So, <laughs> and he's it's, just it's praying so that these rounds come up oh, no, so he can coming. finally become either just right at scratch or a plus handicap. It's coming. If, if, we regular, play, if we can play enough, if I can play enough in the next, in the next month here, we're going to be back. We're going to be back up into the promised land. So it's not, ch- <laughs> you're, you're not chasing scratch. You're tra- chasing. No, that's what I said in the car. Right. I said, we should call We should, we should message chasing scratch podcast and say, we got two guys chasing, chasing scratch and one that's trying to go the other way. <laughs> <laughs> trying to meet in the middle. Um, yeah. Well, I don't want to transition quite out from your Chicago trip. I have to know what these, uh, what the big deal with, with the hotels were. Oh, <laughs> what was so nice about these hotels that I kept hearing about? There was nothing nice about Mike's hotel. First, we had an opportunity to get the king size uh, bed jacuzzi hotel the first <laughs> night, and he nixed that, and then he's out Dumb here d- with a vengeance against it the next night too. Well, so I thought for a second when I was booking the first night, we're sitting at a bar in Downers Grove, and I, I booked the hotel the first night. Very cleanly, very clean, nice, solid, solid, solid booking. That nothing, shelf nothing almost wrong came with, out of the wall when I put a nothing, towel on it. Nothing wrong with it, but the picture, the picture when we're sitting at the bar, looked like the room was going to have a fucking giant jacuzzi tub like out in the open. And I, <laughs> I immediately thought, oh yeah, we're going to have a Dumb and Dumber scenario here in the in the tub talking about afraid of Felcher. <laughs> <laughs> yes. it, it, it ended up having two beds, oh. but, it actually, but at least it had a TV that worked. The one that Tim booked, <laughs> the one that Tim booked, I was like. I was dying the whole time. My allergies were exploding. So I was like Jordan flu game every round. At the end of the night, I was wiped out. So, I, so we get to the hotel that Tim booked and I, and I fucking took a shower right away. Of course, the showers got like plaster falling off the walls and shit everywhere in there. And I come out and lay down. Tim's got the uh, the second half of, of a football game on or something. And the screen has like a bunch of lines going across it. And it's every channel's in Spanish. <laughs> 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 classy love it yeah love classy it. joy uh, what else also happened? that oh. soap was the most unscented soap i've ever <laughs> i mean it just I, I couldn't i it smelled like i was rubbing myself with wax we we tried to go into one bar because they had a giant blats and a pvr sign and everything up we're like oh this is a perfect spot to get a burger and they they have no food but they have a fucking uh, they had a uh goddamn what um a crock pot set up yeah. in the corner you could grab food out of. <laughs> okay <laughs> maybe uh, not instinctively least i asked the bartender i go are we in wisconsin are we in wisconsin right now yeah. and even probably more disappointing so we walked down the street about three three places to an irish restaurant we go in there it's fucking 90 degrees it's just roasting in there and go to the oh, i'm like man shepherd's pie or some stew sounds great so we go in, we go in there. Tim orders stew. I order shepherd's pie. The, the waitress comes back out and says, "Oh, to Tim, I'm so sorry. We, we we can't. We don't have Irish stew right now at the Irish restaurant." So Tim orders again. Then, like two minutes later, she comes back out. I have bad news for you guys. We don't have shepherd's pie. I was like, "What the fuck? You don't you don't have the two staple Irish foods at the Irish bar?" So that was a downer. So uh, Mike didn't like the hotel i picked nor did he like the uh the restaurant that i picked so the <laughs> next morning he came he just has a scowl on his face 
just frowning about something, just didn't like the waffles at the the complimentary. Doesn't sound like you guys. Doesn't sound like you guys would be compatible to date. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the the continental yeah, my driving the continental <laughs> breakfast situation we're not even that my hotel which was not even a great hotel looked like the fucking ritz carlton compared to the hotel that Tim <laughs> yet again and I, I can probably say i survived another trip with tim driving in the cities because i i can also tell you that i was i sweated more in the car just fearing for my life than i did at the hot round at cock hill when it was fairly warm Oh, good times, boys. Good times. Well, if you're ready, I think uh, last, you know, let's transition to one of the supposed, you know, big events that people look forward to it. It's, you know, the President's Cup held at Quail Hollow in Charlotte, North Carolina. First President's Cup since 2019 because of the COVID. Um, I guess the storyline here is the fact the international team who have been pretty much the underdogs to begin with lost all their, a lot of their heaviest hitters, uh, Cam Smith, Abe, uh, Jocko. Marsh Le- Mark Leishman, who did just take dead last in the live event, and then Louis Ustays and even. And they've been replaced by Christian Bazuntite, um, Cam Davis, Mito, and Taylor Pendrith kind of guys. I mean, I don't know what to say here. It's very, although they do have a very heavy heavy Asian influence. They got Hideki, Tom Kim, KH Lee, C, Wu shaking that ass, and Sanjay. So I don't know what we're going to get here. Um, you know, I'm not really, I've never really loved watching the President's Cup, to be honest, because I've never really thought there's actually any hope that they are going to put up a fight. I mean, the year that Bill Haas had to make his par birdie, whatever, in the last hole, I remember that very well. And I remember a couple of the ones with, like, you know, Ernie coming down the stretch, you know, in those types, but really never really got into it because it hasn't had the, the drama that you want in a team event. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, it's it's always the second field of the Ryder Cup. But uh, I will say, you don't sleep on my boy Taylor Pendrith. He is oh. like, he was like, I believe on tour, third or fourth, and birdies made or birdie percentage. He can make birdies. Um, did you see the story about Christian Bezadenhut though, and how he got that stutter? Today? I didn't even know he had a stutter. So, I just called so him Christian Bezadenhut. Uh, I think that's how you pronounce his last name, Bezadenhut. He's uh South African, right? Yes. He so he talks with a with a pretty with a pretty, you know, noticeable stutter. And I read an article today when he was two years old, he drank a bunch of rat poison. Like like his parents went to do something and he was a kid and he, he found a bottle of like rat poison laying around, so he drank it. And he was like foaming at the mouth and shit, you know, like you do when you get poisoned. And they they rushed it to the hospital and they obviously saved his life. But apparently that the poison did something to his, uh, you know, system. I don't know what 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 would do what it would be called, but that gave him a stutter. So he's had this stutter ever since after he drank this rat poison. That's something I did not know. So so thanks for that, Mike. Yeah, interesting. But he'll but he'll openly talk and he you know he's he does he doesn't shy away from the the mic, but. I mean, I think their average world golf ranking is like somewhere on the high 40s. I mean, it's just not anywhere near the Americans, which I think is around like, what is it, 11? Yeah, Vegas gave them, what, 11% chance of winning? I mean, so it's a heavy, you know, they're, they're always favored anyways. Now it's a heavy favorite. So it's, I think it's one of two things. You either want to see the USA just come out and just dominate or hopefully some sort of a, 
a, a you know fight on the first day so it's not like already over like you got to have one of those two things otherwise it's just going to be a snoozer um what about the golf course quail hollow i mean wells fargo has been there for many many years is it going to give us is it rerouted at all that's my next question is like 1818 i think so okay back to the clubhouse so i mean they're and that's one of the the big the big holes right It'll be interesting yeah, six, to see how many times 16, we can see it's got a, it's got a really tough finish 16 through 18 are hard it's a hard golf course it's not easy um which i wonder it if is. it's it's a shame we're looking at it again though yeah it's not a great uh i don't think it's a great tv golf course really it never strikes me as a great viewing golf course but i don't know does it does it really does a hard golf course help help the underdog a little bit maybe i don't know i think you know, the arrow golf course does the U.S. teams have always in the Ryder Cup, you know, like when they were Hazel team, the the Euros were bitching that the pins were always in the middle, and they, they set it up really easy for because the U.S. teams got some more guys to make more birdies, you know. And the Euros, the Euros always want the tougher golf course setup. They want so the wider I, fairways, wider fairways, yeah. longer golf courses. That's and, what they want. And Quail is hard, so I don't know. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Doesn't do I, anything I, much for me. Is it, you know, I got my USA cap on, so I'm, I, I I like golf and I like my country, so I'm going to, you know, watch it a little bit. But at the bottom line, are we kidding ourselves that we actually care about this? I mean, is this something that the average golf fan even is going to tur- tune into or not? I mean, Ryder Cup is one thing. I mean, I, I, I re- agree that there is something at the Ryder Cup. There's, a, there's feelings there. There's legit excitement. Is this also kind of manufactured though a little bit hyped up where it's not really because there's not it's like anything it's not really a rival if you know it's like not like North Carolina versus Duke it's not there's not really and, and the the thing I think that really gets me is the fact that the president you know the the international squad is just so much variety of of cultures and and stuff there's not really that opportunity to fully bond I feel like that's another part of it that you know you got all these different languages and different places. You know, I think they've got five Asian players, like I had mentioned. So, like, you've got a little bit more Asian influence in there. So that could be some, you know, they've got a nice little, hopefully tight-knit knit group there. But other than that, I mean, I just don't see the, I mean, you could be from Canada all the way down to Australia. It's like, you know, I don't know. I, I just don't get the the feel that it's, at least on their end, that there's any sort of chemistry whatsoever. It's just kind of a roll out a bunch of people and see what happens. I, I... Yeah, you're right. I think the yeah. one thing they do have for viewership is match play. And match play is more yeah. fun to watch than stroke play. Um, you know, so at least in my opinion, I guess. Um, so there's that aspect. Of it. So I'll watch some for match play, but I get they're running into the same issue Liv is now. They got to go up against football all weekend. You know, so am mm-hmm. I going to watch the President's Cup or the Vikings? Obviously, I'm watching the Vikings because as we all saw last night, they're a fun team to watch. <laughs> um, <laughs> so... Um, but yeah, you know, so I, I don't know. I'll watch some it's match play. You know, it's golf, whatever. Um, my other take is I honestly, and I, I'm not, you know, I've kind of said that I'm not a huge live guy because I like the, I like the crying on 18. I like the the guy that wins for the first time and his family runs out on the on the on the green. I just like that feeling. But I do think live players should be able to play in a Ryder Cup or a Presidents Cup. I don't understand why that is a thing because other than maybe it might upset the locker room i you know there could be some some tension there but like not being allowed to play it's a it's a freaking exhibition nobody's even getting paid to play these events i i don't i don't see the reason why they couldn't why cam smith could not play in this 
Yeah, maybe not. I actually think live players not being able to play is going to help the Europeans next yeah. time. So because you, if if you look at what the Europeans have needed, they've had the same old guys forever: Westwood, Poulter, and Poulter was once a Ryder Cup god, but he hasn't been the last few times. Westwood hasn't been, you know, they they needed some younger new blood in there anyway, you know, like a Bob McIntyre who just won at Rome at something like that. Um, anyway, I think I would say that I sure hope that um, even if they can't play, I hope they let them be like captains one day, you know, like Sergio Garcia is the winningest player, like in the history of the Ryder cup, I think, isn't he on the yeah, European and I side? Think he could, I would think he out of everybody might be the only one that could actually get like, legit. Like he should be like, a captain. One day. There's but, no but reason. Don't he you think, is there any European that you'd be like, Oh, that guy should be on. The Ryder Cup, maybe Sergio, just because he performed really well in in whistling. I, I don't. Westwood is just not doesn't have. No, any, the other guys are all mostly over the hill. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So it's not really like they're. But you're right. Captaining is a big deal. I mean, that there's could, a bunch uh, of them. That, all three of those guys be. would be captain one day. Sergio, yeah. Poulter, and Westwood. They would all what be about captain McDowell? at some point. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe, but the other Jensen, three for sure. Jensen, I mean, he obviously was, he was captain. going to be. So I don't, I don't know. know. Something to think about. I mean, I just I don't know. I don't understand other than the you know the not. Get, I, and on from American side, who, what American besides Dustin Johnson right now, just off of sheer playing, would have enough points to even qualify? If they're uh, not, paid? I don't know if Brooks or Bryson would have qualified for. That's the what President's I'm saying. Cup. I don't think they, they might would have. have. They would have. They would have been close. I don't know. You know, I guess you can't tell what they would have won or not, but yeah, but I just they weren't playing well enough probably to win any event. No, just DJ. So that's that's the other thing to think about. Like really, the U.S. team doesn't really have too much. You know, Cam Young basically said one of the reasons why I didn't go live is because I want to play in these things. So interesting to think about, debate about. Um, I know some people are. I saw you know Davis Love is a super anti. Live anything. He's not not. Buying it one bit, Freddie Couples, Freddie Couples, same thing. Some some of those older guys are, and you know, Tiger. I don't really know what his full take on this is because he doesn't really comment on it. But some of those guys, those staple people that have been involved in this, I don't. I, where's Stricker at? Who knows what he thinks? So I don't know. It'd be interesting. Anything else from the Prez Cup that you guys want to touch on? I I got nothing. Nothing oh, else. Okay, I'm a weird right. guy. Well, I guess before we wrap up one quick, it's it's fall golf season. Um, you know, fall is in the air. You either start putting the clubs away and calling it calling it quits, or you try to grind and get some sort of feeling and thought going into the winter that you are going to be a different player next spring. <laughs> I guess so. Where are we all at with our perspectives here as we close? Where's our fall perspective? What are we as we get into this feeling where golf is coming to a close? Where are you guys at? Well, I let's think, see. Uh, Mike, Go ahead, Mike's Tim. still got the 25 pounds he talks about losing every car <laughs> yeah. ride. We'll save that one for the uh, winter goals. The winter goals. Yeah, we'll do winter goals. Oh, the, the fall is too soon. Too soon. Too soon. Too soon. Um, but that's uh, going well, to have to happen. I'm going to get, I I went went to the get on the record. The first time in three weeks. 
Yeah, I'm gonna have to get on the record this winter that's saying we need this this losing the weight needs to happen so I can actually turn a ball over again. Um, based off of our conversation going home, I actually went to the gym today, first time in three weeks because I think I played every single day for three weeks straight, which is a, a new record. I did eat. I did eat very clean today. I did not eat any junk food after eating all that shit in the car on the way home, and that and those birria tacos that were good, but went but went right through Tim. So are you guys kind of wrapping things up or are you still kind of grinding because you got a couple of events coming up or where are you guys at with fall? I don't have any events. I don't know. It depends. One one bad shot in Chicago this weekend and I just put the club in my bag and said, I'm done golfing after this trip for the year. And then I hit a good shot after that. And I was like, all right, maybe we'll, maybe we'll stick to this thing a little bit. Um, yeah, I've never seen Mike uh, give up on a hole. And he did that, did that once at Calumet. Couldn't even find the <laughs> golf ball. <laughs> I, was, I was so frustrated. I made back-to-back doubles. But, uh, but uh, you know, there's no there's no more Midwest top 100s necessarily on on my list to finish up. Uh, Century World will cease this year's production uh, on the 30th. So come October 1st, it'll be closed um, until I think 2024. So didn't get a chance to cross that one off uh, like, like planned. But bummer. I know, I know. But nothing else here in the Midwest planned for myself as far as top 100s. Yeah, I'll just play sporadically whenever. Maybe some listeners want to have some matches. I did bring up with Tim. We we got to start a segment where we do a three person match play, where oh, you go cool. one tie all tie. So to win to to win, you got to beat both guys. One tie all tie. So you could have that does seem fun. You could be tied all the way till the end. If somebody won the last hole outright, you're the winner. That would be fun. So well, boys, it's a pleasure uh, getting back together. So the week off, you know, didn't sit right. So hopefully, uh, the listeners come back and listen to our BS of of live and everything else that we talked about. Appreciate the insight in Chicago. Um, other than that, you guys have a great week, and we will talk to you next week. All right, keep it real. Maybe today's the day I brigade. Want the ball to draw, but it keeps on fading. No OB and no bogeys. I gotta keep it on the 80. It's the gold G. Would you hit it on one? Straight up the gut, baby. Now I got a wedge on my short game cravings. Little bit of edge on the sport makes gravy. So punch out the rough and tune to break 80. Break 80.